Hello. Diana. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Whoa, this, this is works. so cool. This actually works. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's a good app. Yeah, this is a very smart concept. Yeah, it's like, how else would we like make a podcast? We would have to like, I don't know, call and time. record <laughs> it and like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm eating Gardettos right now. I'm going to comb my hair while we do this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you uh, are you getting ready today for something? Yeah, I'm going to head over to Berkeley later um, to meet a friend. Mm. Oh my god, I have to go to Berkeley. I have to drop off something for what's his face? The boy. Oh. <laughs> Still have his keys. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, but it's okay. That's just one of my errands. But anyway, that sounds cool. Are you? Is it um gonna download as a like an mm-hmm. MP3 file? So basically, like I think on the app you can uh, edit the <gasps> podcast. You can just edit the recording, and then you can also like add sounds and like add music, and you can do everything basically. Like, and then you can also like upload it. Um, yeah, it's just, like, the biggest, like, podcasting app that I've seen so far, like, for creating. Yeah. And uh, I heard of it because my friend who makes a podcast right now, she has been making this one with her friend called, like, More Than for like More, More Than Friendship or something like that. But they talk about friendship. Um, yeah. And so, so she was like, yeah, we use Anchor. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe one day uh, we can use it <laughs> for us to rant about things that we want to talk about, too. Yeah. That sounds so fun. I've been listening to a lot of um, podcasts in, well, dual lingo podcasts that are in English and Japanese. So I could <laughs> practice my conversational Japanese. But these two guys, um, they made a podcast together as friends. But I think they made it in like three or four years ago. And yeah it's just so interesting listening to their lives <laughs> um, and i have no yeah. idea who they are what has uh what has been going on in your head what has been going on in your mind today slash week slash pandemic <laughs> well yesterday so i spent thanksgiving at one of my best friend's house from college mm-hmm. and i think i had an existential crisis yesterday morning and it prolonged all the way up until bedtime last night um (laughs) but i don't know all all of a sudden i woke up and i was thinking maybe i should get my mba (laughs) um and go to grad school and I was thinking maybe that would be an opportunity for me to go to a different country again um, and immerse myself in the culture of that country and broaden my network. But um, yeah, for sure. Actually, like that's funny because I was thinking about like school as a way to leave. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's honestly the easiest way to leave because everything would be situated like housing and everything you know and it's also like parents can't like protest you leaving for school for education so it's like i feel like it's one of the things that would be very viable for kind of bypassing that barrier and then like um i don't don't know i think it's also it, it could be beneficial depending on what program you go to and i think the networking part is always good um to get into a different place yeah but but then my existential crisis jumped out and I was really just questioning myself because um, mm. I just noticed that ever since university, I keep setting these goals for myself, right? Um, in terms of career and in terms of what I want to do, but I don't know if it's my ADHD or something, but... Um, I feel like I just keep jumping from one goal to another and I can't really set my mind to just doing one thing, like prioritizing. I just feel like such a wishy-washy person, like 
I, yeah, like I set a C- my CPA as a goal and I set all these different goals. Like I, one moment, oh, I feel like opening a store, starting a small business, and then I go and do that. And then I do, like, I go back and forth and do all these different things, but then I don't, like, excel at one particular thing, you know? So it's just like, yeah. I don't, I feel so lost right now. I have, like, a, that's interesting because, like, I have like, several thoughts about that, like, because I felt the same way, like, re- like kind of before. I would say, like, more recent, um, more recently, I've been feeling, like, more, like, differently about it. Like, I totally relate about, like, kind of, like, being, like, oh, is my ADHD just, like, making me not commit to anything? And yeah. then, like, feeling bad that I'm not, like, excelling in one thing, like, very, very well, like, Elon Musk or something, <laughs> right? But then I'm, like, like, I'm, like, wait, like, why does it have to be that way, right? Like, why does it feel like I have to succeed in a unsurmountable of like that will be my pride and like joy right because like dude diana like you're doing amazing things like first of all like i just want to honor the fact that like you're you have so much like energy and like love putting into the things that you do so i feel like i don't want i'm just saying like i don't want you to feel like you're doing all this stuff in vain right because like we're still figuring it out like we're it's like what do you want to do like do you want to like put in more energy to that but then sometimes it's like i think one thing i learned was just like i don't have to hold on to these goals if they're not serving me anymore you know it's like if this isn't like like what i'm aligning with anymore that's totally okay to drop shit like i feel like one of the problems i had before was just like dropping stuff like i would feel bad for like putting something on my to-do list and then like never getting to it so now i just delete it i'm like whatever you know it's like kind of like uh an attachment to like a result specifically and then sometimes like throwing that away makes me really uncomfortable like i'm like Mm -hmm. ooh, i feel so bad i didn't like finish that thing and then i'm like you know it's necessary because then i can focus on like new stuff that i really want to do like for example like if going to japan to do an mba like honestly that sounds amazing like that sounds like a really awesome idea and like it sounds like you really want to live in another country and like be with and your friends said he was gonna move with yeah you. <laughs> so so honestly like if that's your new goal like go for it like dude i feel like you like went for like i archives and like it totally like blossomed right like it totally happened and like that was all you like it was all you so it's kind of just like i don't know don't feel bad for like you know leaving shit it's all good like i think like in this culture they like uh, it's like there's this feeling of like having to finish yeah. everything that you started otherwise like, it's like a don't failure do that. yeah but like i feel like it's a learning right mm-hmm. it's like you learned that that thing wasn't really what you wanted anymore and i think that's okay like because now you can have you have openness like kind of like an empty room like an empty white room that you can like choose like what is the next thing or what is the thing you really want in the moment Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah thanks i really needed that (laughs) dude yeah do what you want do what you want diana this life is so freaking short like i think of that a lot of the times when i'm thinking about like goals and stuff like even for me now that my like i feel like i have um kind of the same thought process i'm like oh okay what are my goals like what are things that like i want to do because i I feel like everyone just sort of obsesses over that it's like oh like i want to put like a five-year plan or like a 20-year plan or whatever like you know like i think for me and now i have like goal posts like kind of just like really far away and then it's like as long as i'm kind of moving towards them and then sometimes like I, I might figure out along the way that like that's not what I want anymore and then like kind of just move on to something that I do want or nothing you know just doing nothing for a bit yeah um because yeah I think doing nothing is like really valuable because then you get a time to just like mm-hmm. choose um because then oh. if you're tied to like a bunch of different things you're like you can't really choose like there's no freedom in that yeah I was talking to this with my other friend from college um it's just i think it's so crazy that we were we had to you know decide our major and declare you know our major when we were 17. (laughs) we had no idea what we were doing and i mean even post-college i think 
a lot of my college friends, what we studied and majored in, in college um, has nothing to do with the career path um, we're choosing now. And a lot of like one of my friends, she majored or she was like so set on going to med school. And um, my friend Tiff, she wanted to do pharmacy, but they're all switching now post-college and some of the career paths that they ended up choosing, they had no idea existed. Like it's so specialized. Like one of them who was about to go to med school um, found out about a job that specializes in doing something with the heart, like like transporting, you know how well um, like the heart is like being transported for people to um, go through like surgery. There's like a designated person who like takes care of that heart while it's in transportation. So she wants to do that. And I realized like, I've always been interested in fashion business or just like fashion. And I want to utilize my business background, but I just don't know what opportunities or what jobs exist out there you know and I feel like that's another reason why I want to go get my MBA specifically in that field so that I can find out what jobs are out there related to fashion business and um, fashion marketing you know because right now I don't know I I feel like I don't have the network to figure out what I actually want to do. I just don't know what my options are out there. So I just feel so lost. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I think that's like for a lot of people, like especially us growing up with no no, like network from our families. It's like, you know, now, now it's like going into from school to like the world. It's... It's like, well, how do, where do I go from here? Or like, there's no mm-hmm. one here yet, you know? But I think, I think like once you meet one person, it's like, then you'll start meeting like two people and then three people, you know? And then I think um, it's only a matter of like a, a, a spark, right? It's like one, there's like one step that like initially feels so weird. And then, and then it's like, I think that's just kind of how I saw it happen for me. like. In the beginning, I didn't really know what I wanted to, like, how I would ever be in crypto. But then, like, after I messaged one person, like, she kind of opened those doors Mm -hmm. for me. And, um, you know, like, I had the choice to not, like, keep going or keep going. And I think uh, it will come. I think it definitely will come. And I think that, yeah, there are things that you could do, obviously, like, go get an MBA, you know, message random people on LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. And I think it'll totally come for you. I think it's nice, like, awesome that you, like, are thinking about that more, like, because I know that you've always loved fashion and business. So it's, like, now it's kind of, like, where do you go from here now that you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you still want to work at (laughs) Deloitte? (laughs) Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Deloitte. I think it's an overall good company to start out in. Um, but I'm just not interested in accounting in general. I think that was definitely a career and a major that my parents, um, coerced me into pursuing, um, for the sake of financial stability and just a stable career, but I've never Mm -hmm. really been particularly interested in it. Um, I think at the time when we were declaring our majors and choosing our schools, uh, they played a huge role in it. And at the time I was so young, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So it's just whatever (laughs) people threw at me, I just went along with it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I've also been thinking, like, lately, I feel like I've been sort of negating responsibility and blaming those around me for my personal failures or 
maybe my fears of not even wanting to get started because I'm scared of failing. Um, but yeah, I had, I used to have arguments with my mom all the time. Like, if it wasn't for you guys, um, forcing me into, you know, making me study this or not allowing me st- to study art or fashion. Now I'm just stuck here post college grad and you know I feel so lost or I feel like I'm already behind compared to those who got a undergrad in arts or in fashion um, or are already working in you know industry that I'm stuck here in accounting and I have to either take extra time to go get another degree or I have to I don't know find my way in without the specific um education background in arts so yeah um, I think it's interesting I actually have a friend whose parents like supported her mm-hmm. in going to art school um she's also like uh, I think she's from China, like her family's from China, but they live in the U.S. and she like moved here when she was young. But like, it's really interesting. Like their their parents like just like supported them in their like artistic journey. Like I don't really understand that. Like how they really believe that. Like I feel like a lot of Asian parents, right? They just want you to have a career that has a lot of money and like stable career. But then like they totally disregard like art and creative stuff as like a stable career because of like. I think it's the perception and the stereotypes because like like I my friend who's a UX designer makes good money you know she makes good money and like she went to art school and her parents kind of supported her through it and uh yeah I don't I think it's like I didn't feel um sort of like I don't know mad or bad about it but it was just like really nice to see that like kind of there is a different like like environment where someone else was able to like follow what they actually wanted to pursue with like the support of their parents and then sometimes I'm like hmm like yeah I would kind of wish I had that but it's like it is what it is and I feel like it's it is what it was and it's like that's the thing it's like it was what it was right it's not what it is now like now maybe like I don't know do you feel like you have more of a choice now or like more of the courage to like kind of go for it or like I I feel like there's a little more liberty now but every time I mention to my mom like oh I want to leave Deloitte um I want to move to Japan or I haven't mentioned about the MBA but um it's just she'll respond in a way in a very reluctant way like oh but what you have now is very stable or um, any job is going to be like this, you know, or we need your income in order to refinance the mortgage. Just, I feel like the more, I feel like my number one obstacle is probably finances. Um, yeah, because I feel like even without my parents' support, I would still be able to do what I want to do. It's just finances and um, this mortgage and, yeah, student loans, everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, I saw some, like, tweets the other day that was about like everyone's student loan should just be forgiven and I'm like you know that fucking is right like straight up the government can has the power to just be like yep all you people nope yeah. you don't have to pay it back you know but they don't you know and I think it's such bullshit like it's really bad out here um you kudos to you for like you know like carrying your family so hard for like in finances I feel like it's a, such a big responsibility and like um, I don't know it's like sad but then it's like you're I feel like you're mm-hmm. glad to do it right or I don't know how do you feel about it I mean I'm glad to do it I think um, that was like their American dream right and um, mm-hmm. and they did it I mean it was a huge sacrifice for me like their children they felt 
like it was their duty to leave something for us um, in the future. Uh, like it was their vision of creating the financial stability for us that they always dreamed of for themselves. Um, but yeah, it's just very daunting. It's like a 30, another 30 year mortgage and um, it's a huge commitment. <laughs> and I don't know, like going to get my MBAs and there's a whole ass mortgage just there, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, they have thought about like selling the house and just renting. Um, but I also don't know how I feel about that, like not having a permanent place to live. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think my dad, like, one of the things my dad always says was just, like, when I was a kid, I would be like, yeah, why don't you just sell the house, you know? Like, if we're poor, Mm -hmm. like, just sell the house. Like, we'll be fine. And then, like, I never really understood that. Like, to this day, like, my dad is like, no, it's like, this is, like, your home, Mm -hmm. you know? This is, like, your place. Like, it's so important to have your own place. And, like, if you rent, like, all your money is going to someone else, like... And, like, if you pay for a mortgage, then that place is yours. And, like, I totally get that. It's really interesting because I remember the first time I ever talked about rent was with a friend in high school who was telling me that her family didn't have a place to live, like, permanently. And so, like, they were, like, losing the house in San Francisco because, like, rent was, like, $4,000 a month or something, which is ridiculous. Yeah, for, like, a house in SF. It was, like, a really nice house, but it was, like, come on, like, that's really expensive. And um, I think... Like, I was really appalled. Like, I was like, oh, like, you guys don't, you guys don't live here? Like, this isn't your house? And um, so, I don't know, it was interesting because I was just, like, like, just taken aback by it because, like, there's, like, a difference in, like, cultural perception almost, I think, about, like, rent versus owning. And, like, do you think it's maybe, like, a fear of, like, not have, like, being... I guess like it's, it's it's like a foreigner thing, right? It's like wanting to feel like you're here and you really have your own stake in this place, which is totally valid. And I think that's like that may be what it is. But um, yeah, when I was a, I didn't understand it when my dad told me that. But now I kind of like like yeah, it's a big sacrifice mm-hmm. to be paying a mortgage. But I think like renting a place is like I don't know. I feel like there's like cultural like ingrained in me that like it's bad to put give all your money away yeah to i think someone that else or the cultural notion also of um owning land is like the ultimate status of success or wealth um i think it's like the greatest asset to i, I think our parents generation um which embodied their yeah. basically their entire american dream like move here own a house, um, buy land, yeah. And, like, now that I think of it, I'm just, like, thinking about all the people in, that I know of that, like, don't, like, think this way, right? Like, it's, like, they don't have this pressure to, like, do that, like, to buy a house, right? And it's, like, I don't know, I just, I feel like I've, like let go of that like personally I don't care that much about buying a house like I get it like buying something is good like to have like a permanent residence but like I don't think of my like biggest goal is to like buy a house in SF right like like maybe that'll happen but it's like I don't know it's just so different it's for for our parents and like I don't know it's hard though like they like try to keep us in the same I don't know I feel like we're <laughs> against fighting, the current like, all of these yeah. you're like fighting these emotions and like the, these feelings of responsibility towards mm-hmm. carrying their wishes and like having the freedom to pursue what we actually want to do and like kind of figuring it out later because like I don't know like to put it into perspective I feel like we, we have so much mm-hmm. like support from them it's like we won't be like 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 the worst case scenario we won't be like the worst yeah. case scenario for them you know but maybe in their heads they're like it's still the mm-hmm. same 
for them. Like they still don't feel like safety. And so, yeah. And they, I feel it like just my rubs parents have rubbed off so much on me. Like I, I have this internalized um, struggle where I, like I completely see where they're coming from. Um, the financial security and having yeah. a place to live but also I I'm thinking maybe it's also more of liability like something shackling me down um, and not letting me live fully and pers- in pursuing what I want to do in life because um, it's just the mortgage or the house is always in the back of my mind and I feel like having a permanent place to live also feels very um, constraining. Like, I want to move abroad, but I don't know how long I'll stay there, you know? What if I end up moving there permanently? Then what do I do with the house? Or it could go the other way and everything there fails and I need to move back. and what if by that time they sell the house and I don't have a place to live? So it's, I feel like I'm always operating on fear and the unknown, you know? Um, I just feel yeah. like I need to live more in the moment, but I'm always thinking too far ahead in the future. And that's where all the fear lies. And I feel like I get that from my parents because they're always planning for the future, like financial security, children, you know, what happens when we pass away, all of those things. And I think it's so deeply ingrained in me. It causes a lot of anxiety and like inner turmoil for me all the time. That's why all of these existential crises happens. Crises. Crises. Yeah. Yeah, it's like on the topic of like operating on fear and like of the future. One time I so this is very personal, so I don't know if this will ever be on there, but like basically like one time I opened my mom's like like she bought like a like a cemetery spot, like a death like a place where she's gonna lay wanna die, like lay her body. I was like, What the fuck? Like this is like so mm-hmm. so grave. <laughs> like no pun intended you know like just like just like the extent of how people plan ahead it, hey I'm recording <laughs> Melissa at least my, my sister just barged my sister just barges in see my family just barges oh my gosh they do not knock I'm like, like I'm literally recording like this is like a literal recording jolly pick okay okay bye Melissa yeah we have to pick up jolly <laughs> we're getting jolly people <laughs> um yeah it's just like no i i can't but like i don't want to live like that you know like i totally understand like how like like the context in which why they think that way but i can't live like that like i personally feel like it would not be like serving us like to live completely based off how they're living right it's always like you want the generations to progress and like for example like i don't want seven generations from now for them to be worrying about the same things that like i'm worrying about right like i hope that like if i have like a queer and like 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 grandchild seven years from now or whatever like you know seven generations from now like you know that they have the freedom to like really do whatever they want and like live mm-hmm. however they want love whoever they want and like like uh like pursue whatever they want and i feel like maybe we're just like like that generation before the next one that could do that like truly do that um because we're just so close to them right like just generation wise um yeah and i think it's just a very traumatic experience to be like immigrating into the united states like i really truly it's a truly terrible experience like i Mm -hmm. do not wish it upon anyone (laughs) so like have to go through it and um yeah it's just it's really hard it's really sucks to like have to fight these feelings inside of like wanting to do what you want to do but also part of what you want to do is like take care of them and like you know because we want to be i don't know it's like i i feel grateful for them but then it's like how much of that gratefulness turns into responsibility and limiting myself like uh 
in service of like taking care of their fear right because mm-hmm. it's a never-ending pit of fear like it'll just keep going right and also one thing that i was thinking about when you were talking about your story is like like what if like can you picture best case scenario like what if you moved to japan and like you found a place you like to live like rent rent is cheap like affordable and like you have a bunch of like new networking people and like you have a new job you have a new career you have a new new friends like you know there's just like there are best case scenarios you know and i feel like they only see worst case scenarios and for example like accounting like of all things you know like there are so many other things that like are also jobs right it doesn't always have to be like the most boring thing and most like stable quote unquote stable right it's like it's just like uh it's just so limiting because it's like preparing for failure like like but failure is not there yet like it's not even there yeah right Yeah, but we love our parents. But I feel like there are definitely ideals and just values are very different. Um, like the whole concept of mental health is just non-existent in our immigrant immigrant household. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's super frustrating. And also, I don't know if you run into like language barriers um i feel like especially when it comes to talking about how we're feeling um and yeah i always have a hard time conveying how i'm feeling in chinese to my parents and when i do i feel like i get invalidated um it's like they don't understand maybe mental health in general but also um i don't know if it's the language barrier maybe they use the language barrier as like <laughs> they're like i don't understand what you're saying <laughs> or i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know it's hard to yeah talk about like my feelings with my mom um and my dad but i feel like i'm closer with my mom so these conversations often come up more with my mom but yeah mm. like this morning with your mom oh, <laughs> oh. yeah i don't <laughs> let, let we can unpack that let me just explain what happened so literally i was like trying to express to her mm. that i want yeah. space and i think that's valid like just wanting freaking place because like I moved from like I was sleeping with my like sister in the same room like we were just sharing the room that like I like lived in before like it was just my room like when I was growing up right so after moving home after breaking up with I I, I was like okay this isn't going to work for like I don't want to live with my sister in the same room like forever because in the beginning i was like okay i like this like you know being with my sibling this is cute uh uh-huh. but then now i'm like fuck like you know that's just like i want my own like space like just like to yeah. be by myself you know like i don't always want to be around my sister and like i so i moved into this room but like there's a lot of stuff in it right a lot of my mom's stuff and so this morning i was like mom like is it okay if i like move some of your stuff or like you know mm-hmm. could you get rid of it you know like I just like said could you get rid of it like very like under my breath but then for her like how she took it was like that she just blew up you know she just absolutely blew up and was like like very angry she was like I can't even explain she was just like like Like, I, I did all this good stuff for you like like Papa was never this good to me like why you don't like appreciate my stuff you don't judge on me you mama and it's just like holy fuck like i this woman is like breaking down in front of me like in rage and like the first thing i swear to god Diane, first thing that your my mom always does is call a bunch of people on the phone just like i like get married she's on the phone you know she's like come i'm just like okay that's not normal too like you know for me it's like i'm like processing this stuff myself like in the room and then she's just like screaming about it to like her her friends or like my dad right and it's just like so much burden being passed around you know and like 
like and then my dad calls me he's like you know you gotta apologize to your mom like that stuff is all hers you know that stuff is her love like that's her life i'm like okay okay bye and then my dad's like don't say okay bye and i'm like okay okay bye <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being attacked in my own What I don't understand is when you mention you want to move out, right? And find your own place so you can have your own space. And she says the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. And then they're like, no, like, don't do that. Don't leave. Like, why would you leave? Like, it's such a waste of money. And then, like, they're, like, super happy that I'm staying at home. So it's just like, y'all, y'all can't Just win. be like, if win. you're not moving the stuff, I'm moving out. <laughs> okay, so how I do is I just do it myself. Like, I just, today I literally just, like, I cleaned it up. You know, there's a bunch of rat poop. You know, it's just, like, really old. Like, there's no... Yeah, my house has rats, so there's poop. Yeah, it's really unhealthy. It's not very sanitary. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I'm just like, hey, yeah. like, we got to take care of this stuff, right? And then it's like very frustrating for me because I have to, like, I want to take care of this stuff. And then, like, I just want her to understand that, like, this is very important to me and I don't mind doing the cleaning myself. Like, I really don't. But it's just like, can I move your stuff? Or, like, could you, like, maybe have less of it, like, so that mm-hmm. it's easier for me to clean up, right? And, like, but, you know, that wasn't me, like, necessarily meaning, hey, mom, like, I hate all your stuff. Like, you should throw away everything. Like, none of your accomplishments were good. Like, mm-hmm. you're a bad mom. You know, I didn't say any of that stuff. I think it's but a lot of projecting, like, and insecurities and maybe insecurities um, generational trauma like her bringing up you know your grandma was never this good to me and i feel like she probably is still coping with a lot of trauma and her, her first response is to seek validation from everyone around her by calling them up and um you know ranting about the whole situation yeah but, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Yeah, it was. Thank you for listening. No, seriously, it it makes me feel really validated and happy that like you're able to extend. I'm sorry because I'm so sorry. I would be so sorry for this to happen to anyone else because it's like such a difficult yeah. situation. It's like I can't win really at all. Like, at all. Like, I just have to endure, right? Like, I'm just here and enduring I feel like this experience. What you're feeling and is completely valid. Like, wanting to have your own space. And, yeah, I just can't believe they're not respecting your boundaries. Yeah, I literally just, like, I had to scream, Diana. I literally had to scream. Because she was, like, in my face, like, just do, like, just shouting and like like just shouting obscenities at me and like attacking my character right and i was just like i screamed like i literally screamed like mom can you please get the fuck out like i literally was just like this Mm. is so i'm just so angry right i'm like off the charts angry like cannot hold it in and like afterwards usually when i scream at my parents i would feel bad like as a child but today i felt nothing i didn't feel bad at all i felt happy that i was able to express my anger because i was like i'm so freaking angry that like this was like a line that was completely crossed like i just like was Mm -hmm. just asking a question like just starting a conversation and then all of a sudden this woman just blows up at me and i'm like this is not my problem like that's not my problem like everything that you're feeling or like like projecting onto me is not my fault like that wasn't my you know and i don't know it's just like i'm almost like it's very interesting that i had this experience right because i'm now I'm like you know now i think of it like that's okay I, I, I can almost forgive her like i almost already accessed kind of like compassion for her like i know like now i kind of know that like i i do know the backstory like you know she didn't have a good relationship with the mom and, like the mom didn't her grandma my grandma and like my grandma didn't have a really good relationship with her mom like like my mom told me that my grandma was really mistreated by her mom because she was the oldest and so like obviously she had to give up everything for like the young ones and like she was never really given a lot of attention and like my grandma's like super depressed right she's like the type of person that doesn't actually like to talk to anybody she says that she doesn't like anybody that like she's the only person that she likes 
and it's kind of like BoJack Horseman you know it's just like when you have like a really really difficult childhood it's like how can you extend compassion to anyone else when you don't you've never experienced that yourself um that's yeah uh, literally intergenerational in a nutshell yeah my gosh wow but I feel like you're really mature to you know be able to rationalize all of this and unpack it by yourself um yeah and be able to find the (laughs) compassion in you to forgive and to continue you know living your day-to-day life um but i feel like to a certain point everything will start bottling up you know if this is like a not like a daily occurrence but you know weekly or monthly even i feel like it'll be a huge emotional toll on everyone just um i don't know it's just not very sustainable i think um yeah i I can't be like a firefighter right like i have a job i have a career i have my own life like i would that's ideal like ideal would be like i have my own problems but i I get what you're saying it's Mm -hmm. just like it's like a debt right that comes up it's like just a lot of labor that will go into these problems that will never be solved by me just being here like they just it, oh it's God. actually it happens every other day like diana it's not every day it it's literally every is day. the emotional it's, <laughs> it's kind of like you have to deal with it and unpack it every single time and then find the energy and um yeah just like the rationality to forgive again and again and and then it's a huge toll i feel like and I don't know, in the long term, it's not healthy for your emotional health either. Um, yeah. My, th- my therapist was like, you should aim to out by <laughs> I think that's a good, I mean, that's good advice because if you think about it, when we were away for, uh, in college, you know, the few times that we would come home um to see our family you know around thanksgiving and holidays i feel like every time i went home it was a very intimate experience because you're rekindling all that you know parental child love that was missing while you were away and separated in college um at school so it was like a very like good memory and i feel like the fighting kind of went down specifically for me when I went away to college I feel like just when you're always <laughs> around the same people like arguments are bound to happen because you're in such close proximity my mom always says I don't know if you're you've heard this um I don't know if it's like an idiom or like an analogy but my mom always talks about how you know the tongue and the teeth in your mouth they always collide or you accidentally bite your tongue or something like that Mm. because they're so close together that they will always collide and she always uses that (laughs) to warn me about you know getting too close with friends and I feel like it's the same with family too it's you have to set you know healthy boundaries like you don't I feel like it's another story to keep barriers and keep everyone at arm's length, but I think boundaries are healthy and that prevents <laughs> some arguments and collisions between the tongue and the teeth. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, it's interesting because like there are things that you can do yourself right like inside your head like you can have mental boundaries and like you know physically step away from an environment like during conflict but then like what you're saying about emotional labor is totally like just like like even thinking about that I'm like I don't want to go through like six more months of this you know like I don't want to do that like that's just so much and I think like coming home and like having that rosy Mm -hmm. feeling of like everyone missing each other and like spending time together again is so nice like I like that feeling then it's like 
Yeah, that's I really <laughs> like that story about the teeth and the tongue because it's like it's so true, and you know, it's just like, uh, I, I yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I I, I, I feel like Chinese people so love cute. like these little like idioms and stuff. I love. Little, I little tell little my idioms. friends and they're like, "What the hell is she talking about?" <laughs> No, I totally get it. I, I feel like Chinese people are super deep. Like, there's a, like the, the stories and the poems. Yeah, and the art is like it, a lot I of love it. Super deep, but then, like the, the, the hot, like yeah. Um, I feel like East Asian or more collective cultures. They're known as high context cultures. They have all these idioms and you know beautiful way of um, creating analogies and stories. But in low context cultures, like. American culture and um, Anglo-European culture—they're more about getting straight to the point. So every time I like bring up an idiom, you know, in my friend group, they're like, "What is she talking about? Just get to the point!" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like um, for some reason, I think like boundaries is—I don't know. It's just, I know. Don't like they have an anything idiom? about boundaries? <laughs> Like, do y'all not have any idioms about mental health? Like, y'all went through thousands of years. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand how mental health cannot, like, manifest itself in, like, yeah, in a culture. Like, I'm just like, how do you, like, I, like, I had these theories. Like, I was like, okay, maybe Chinese people don't, like, think of mental health as, like, a thing, but rather they just, like, solve it via, like, karaoke and, like, you know like singing and like because like my parents like i see them kind of like de-stressing that way like they like kind of lean on these things in culture that really like help them through stuff like bring people together like having dinner with friends and like mm-hmm. i guess my mom like calling up everyone and stuff <laughs> just like like i don't know there's just no context for it it's very strange right like now i'm thinking of just like why isn't that like why like how is there not anything that explains sadness or depression or anxiety or like adhd or like just like even with anxiety it's like you what or something right and it just doesn't do it justice i feel like they're just like oh they're just like that like that's just who they are that's just like like for example like my grandma has like really crippling anxiety and like i just really see it as like really bad because and but they see it as her personality and i'm just like that's not it like that's not everyone like people shouldn't feel like they're in constant worry i feel like also if you look at the way sometimes our parents cope it's just not Mm -hmm. not at all oh it's not gambling (laughs) problems and i feel like there's a lot of layers to it right there's like the confucianism the g <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I can like, toxic <laughs> masculinity is another layer, like Confucianism oh, oh, and the dynamics between husband and wife, the woman and the man in the family, or the older versus the younger, right? There's so many layers, and um, yeah, I'm I don't know. Confucian never really talks about emotions other than respect and loyalty. But it's like, okay. <laughs> 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 Fucking Confucius. You ruined everything, Bro, man. Like, you're the reason why. <laughs> it's like, we feel so indebted <laughs> and like bound. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's like, in it's a, a crippling way. We feel so indebted. To our parents they sacrifice you know everything for us and we have to live the way they want us to otherwise we're disrespecting them like and that like that word ungrateful always is always in our parents vocabulary yeah it's like gaslighting us all the time ungrateful (laughs) oh oh my god It's the most triggering word, I feel like. Ungrateful. It's like, ah! <laughs> it just triggers so much, like, like rage inside me. I'm like, every fucking thing I've done in my life is because of yeah. you. Yeah. 
That's literally how it is. You Okay, one thing though that I was thinking about that is just like, I feel like this is a unique problem for Asian Americans because, like, I feel like in Asia, like, even now, like, I've met a few people in Asia when I was abroad and I was like, they have no problem living like this. Like, they have, like, they don't find, I don't find them stressing about the same things we stress about. Like, they, literally how they see career like i had a friend who was in uh, hong kong and she was like yeah maybe i'll just like you know she was like pretty wealthy so like her family was like pretty wealthy in china and like so she was lived a pretty privileged life and like she feels super free in like her life like she has like you know money to spend and like an education like her family is like they know people so like she can get an internship and like when i asked her about this stuff you know like i was stressing about finding a job and like an internship in america and then for her she was just yeah i just like kind of want to work in something you know do something like easy you know like blah 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 and i was just like huh she's just like not stressed about this at all you know like this is just like Mm -hmm. not on her mind like it's kind of very linear or not linear but like kind of predetermined for her and like i have another friend who's like studying to be i think she's in engineering school in asia and she was always like americans are so selfish like you guys like think about yourself so much and i'm like what the fuck like what the fuck like we were having like noodles or something on my birthday because like she was we went out for my birthday and i was just like she was telling me about how like there's just a culture difference and i was like yeah Mm -hmm. like i like i but then it's like i feel like we have both right we have like the asian stuff and then we have these american ideals and i feel like that's the conflict right like the conflict is not it's not necessarily between us and our parents it's more of like there's like a cultural conflict that manifests itself into all these things that blow up between us and our family like a career and like i think it's such a like more individually it's like a very specific experience to be asian american or just like asian something right like in another place um yeah because initially i was like looking at some podcasts about people like who live in the uk and like um they have interest they have issues similar but i don't i don't know if it's like to the extent that is for asian americans <laughs> yeah america obviously I, itself is like, i learned a lot a whole about ass other thing. Um, <laughs> well when I studied abroad in Italy, I took a class called Intercultural Communication. And then when I came back here, I, since I'm minoring, or I minored in East Asian Studies, I did a whole self-study course with my Japanese professor. And I studied the intercultural conflicts and communication dynamics within the business setting, specifically like I think Japan is one of the most like high contact cultures, which I think it's more like, I guess it's the complete opposite than compared to America, which is the low contact culture. Um, and just like the communication styles and uh, everything, like the structure um, between relationships, they're all different. And I feel like us having Chinese cultural, like having the Chinese cultural context from our parents um, and like American, it just always clashes for me, I feel like. Um, And I find myself having to code switch all the time at school and Mm -hmm. at work um, versus like in the family. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's like, when can we be our true authentic self, right? It's like, if we can't do it in school, can't yeah, do it in Yeah, but family, also, like, the question, where the what even is our authentic self, you know? Like, it's like the yourself. identity crisis as well. Because we're too American to be accepted <laughs> in, yeah. you know, mainland or Hong Kong or among our, you know, cousins who grew up in China. Um, but we're too Asian <laughs> when we're in our workplaces or at school
Okay, I, I, think, actually, I think it's. Oh, I should look it up. High context <laughs> culture and low context culture again. Okay. We can talk. We, no worries, no worries. We can talk about it later. But yeah, that was just like wondering. Um, yeah, I think like. Uh, wait, shit! I forgot what I was gonna say. Code switching. We were talking about. Um, yeah, just. Mm code switching and in america yeah oh i was gonna say that this is america's problem i don't because we were i actually see us as authentically american like after a lot of thinking i'm like we were born here but like even though asians are treated as like you know perpetual foreigners i really truly think that ideally we would feel included in this culture like i would i really feel like asian americans like in the future what i really wish for like the next generations like say i just think seven generations from now i want like if there was an asian american woman growing up in like san francisco like i want her to feel normal you know and like like going to boston or something and like going to college i, I want her to feel normal and like part of everyone else but also proud of her own culture and like can you know, <laughs> love all the things that we love like Chinatown, you know, like you know, white rabbit can dim sum. <laughs> like all these things that like make us so unique and so beautiful and like also feel accepted at work, don't doesn't have to code switch, no. doesn't feel like they have to pursue something they don't want to pursue. Like this is like ideal world for me. Like I and and like I think that just because of how America is right now, like it it's really sad to make, to feel like we're not here like we're not existing here and that we don't exist here and that we don't deserve to exist here in the media or like you know in the media in work um specifically and yeah i'm just i'm glad that we're talking about this because i think it's really important and it's something i think about like almost every day i'm just like wow like do i really feel like yeah, happy or like same. just content or just like and I just not sometimes anxious I and I pretty much like I need to unpack like where is that anxiety <laughs> coming from you know where does it stem from but, yeah <laughs> yeah so hopefully we can kill it <laughs> and not feel that way <laughs> I think it's I think I I do feel like um, we'll we'll get there, Diana. You know, like there's no rush. I think like this is a good start for sure. Like just like being able to tell you about the stupid thing that's happening in my house and like just imagining a future where I can live in my own place. It's just I can at least like think about that. And you know, kind of hold that. It's definitely like, like doable. Like in the very near future. And, like, and um, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, even if I feel like even if your mom doesn't support it and throws another tantrum when you mention like you want to move out, I feel like you shouldn't let that discourage you from doing <laughs> what really makes you happy. Because um, everything you're feeling is completely valid, and yeah, I just can't imagine living in an environment where you're you feel like you're being gaslighted all the time like invalidated and um but also just going through like the dissonance like all the arguments it's just I feel like it would just ruin my mood for the day or if it was a work day I would just feel so unmotivated you know Yeah, it's, it, I mean, during the work day, I literally just like, y'all, I need to work, please don't talk to me. Like, just don't talk to me. You know, my mom, respect that I'm working, and she'll like, you know, hand me some food or something, and like, I find that really, really comforting. But then it's like, if I'm not working, I have no excuse. Like, there's no boundaries. Like, she can like, walk in at any point and do anything and ask me for everything. Like, constantly, she's asking me constantly for gifts, like, to buy her stuff. Like, for example, I bought her a hummingbird feeder, and, like, oh. yesterday, she asked me to buy her two more, and so I bought her two more, because, like, she just kept asking me, and so that's just, like, a whole other thing that I'm dealing with. It's, like, 
just constantly being asked to do things and you're just like uh it's hard for me to say yes mm-hmm. or no it's just like it doesn't really matter like it's just a to-do list item right it's just something that i keep needing to do but it's not even it's not valid yeah <laughs> like it's not <laughs> so the other day i saw this tweet um and it was like <laughs> it was like a picture of a old lady showing just like a piece of paper to a cat that was sitting at the dining table and then the caption was like my mom asking six-year-old me to translate like legal papers for her (laughs) or like um like a doctor's like medical document for her And, and it was like a cat just reading the piece of paper and I was like that's literally us like it's like we I feel like we had to grow up so fast and we didn't really get to slow down and enjoy our childhood and actually be a kid you know we had to take up so much so many responsibilities for our parents Yeah, I have to say, like, having some time away from my childhood, it was absolutely traumatic. It was absolutely... I would not wish my childhood upon anyone. <laughs> like, that's some bad shit. Like, that's some shit that will fuck you up, bro. Like, fuck you up real good. Um, but I, I think it's great that, like, dude, we're only, like, 22, 23. Like, that's... We have plenty of time mm-hmm. to, like, enjoy our lives now once... all this bullshit yeah and i feel like that's another reason why we feel like it's so difficult saying no i feel like that's something we're constantly learning and unlearning like setting boundaries and knowing how and when to say no because no is never an option in an asian household (laughs) i know (laughs) michelle (laughs) my mom (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, hi. Okay. She's telling me to wear socks. She's like, it's so cold. <laughs> Iconic. Bro, every day for the longest time, I would, my dad would be like, jerk some. Just be like, like the first thing I, I I like walk into the room like in the morning and like my dad's already up at like 6 a.m. and like I'm usually all, also at 6 a.m. and then I'll come in and the first thing he says to me is like, okay okay dad I'm like already wearing like my oh my gosh say like, my dad also this morning he was like you're gonna catch a cold <laughs> <laughs> more clothes, more, more. Yeah, when I was a kid, like actually, that like I, it was like so it, like deeply ingrained in me that I had to wear like lots of clothes. Like I would yeah. wear like layers and layers of it like to school when I didn't even do, you know. And then like I would just like have a bunch of layers just like to hold. And yeah, it's kind of funny. I think it's a good metaphor for yeah. how we feel about oh. fear mm-hmm. and like. Another like, thing, like, I don't know if yeah. your parents um, have this, but I, I'm, i like, self-diagnosing. I feel like my parents have hoarding problems. Like, yeah. Oh, actually, <laughs> that's exactly what we thought about this morning. <laughs> yeah, all her shit. I was like, mom, gets rid of some of it. Oh, and my God. Fuck. That. that's like the analogy with the clothes it's like you yeah. always need more and more just in case you know it's like we need to keep this box for this just microwave that we bought like three years ago just in case it's like why <laughs> it's like oh like I have this the, the nice cashmere sweaters from like ten years ago that we wore when you know you were a child and you were like literally yeah just it's just there no keep it it's expensive like if you ever want to buy it again outside it's expensive you know it's just like okay mom no one wears this but all right i'll respect you because apparently if i don't respect her stuff she blows up on me so exactly 
I feel like I really have to like lean on Mary. After Mary Kondo, uh, I I personally yeah. believe in throwing shit away. Like I I love throwing shit away that I don't use anymore. Same. Like I used to good. kind of hoard my clothes, um, but now I don't even think twice. I'm like, no, it's taking up too much space, and I just <laughs> I just donate it. Like I don't know. I wonder what like. I, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, journals out there about the psychology of hoarding, but I feel like in the context, in the cultural context, I'm interested in reading more about that because it seems like a very common thing among I could- immigrant parents. Yeah, it's just that would be interesting to look into. We could do a surf. <laughs> How many of y'all think your parents have a hoarding problem? <laughs> it's like everyone raises their hands. <laughs> wow. Like a, yeah, it's, I think it's a really important layer. Yeah. Space, right? It's like where you live, right? Mm-hmm. It mirrors what's inside. Maybe that's my mom know. like brought food in. <laughs> Comfort food. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I Sounds good. To, um, go join I my can't wait to and get Popeyes. Yeah. Um, go I can also. Chicken. Are you uploading this onto Spotify? Or okay. Do you want to talk later? Yeah. I think we could. Mm. We gotta figure it out. Add sound effects like, and music. See, like we can like read it. <laughs> the most again. fun we part. Can, like, edit parts out. Um, we don't want, yeah, I can make like a cover and photo too. Like, I like. Yeah, add I see on Spotify <laughs> they have like kind of like an album cover, but for the podcast, I can like design it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> have you come up with a name for like this? Uh, like, are you making okay. different series or? honestly that's a good one like the name i don't know yet but maybe it's like fuck confucius or something (laughs) (laughs) some our audience are asian americans young asian americans (laughs) (laughs) yeah Okay. Sounds good. Don't well, show your parents this podcast. See you later. Bye. Have fun. This is for you. Chick-fil-A or Popeye. Okay. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye.